how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Malcolm Spellman spent seven years writing before he broke into the industry. Even then, he struggled for another five years, lost his representation, and had to start all over before he finally sold the script for Our Family Wedding. Today, he's best known for Empire, The Falcon, and The Winter Soldier, and the two upcoming features, Muscle, starring Vin Diesel, and then Captain America 4, which will be a follow-up from the Disney Plus series. On the Disney show, the plot is listed as... Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Sam Wilson, Falcon, and Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, team up in a global adventure that tests their abilities and their patience. In this interview, the showrunner talks about his relationship with Brian Koppelman, how Empire was metaphorically his first real gig in the business, how to pitch failures, how he pitched for Disney, how to write for, quote, firepower shows, and why voice beats concept. It's funny, like, it was a pretty uh, intuitive growth. Like, I was a movie and television fanatic. I was, I read comic books as a kid. I liked, I always told teachers I wanted to be <clears throat> a quote writer. Um, I don't think I ever imagined writing in film and television because I didn't come from an, I didn't, I didn't know that was even a thing you could do until uh, uh, I moved to LA, you know what I'm saying? And uh, once I moved to LA, like all the talk about wanting to be a writer, like, cause I took, I definitely took like, God, I remember this. Now you're funny you asked me this. I'm sorry, dude, you're taking me down memory lane. <laughs> I took a funky ass film class. I'm from Berkeley at some random, it was a night class in San Francisco um, so obviously I was interested in it. I totally forgot about that. And I'd take these extension courses. So maybe I was a little more serious about writing than I thought, but I got very serious when I moved to LA. When you move to LA, you meet people who aren't just talking about their dreams. They're pursuing them and it puts a lot of pressure on you. 
where were you at kind of when our family wedding came out? Did you have like 10 spec scripts or where were you kind of at when that sold? Oh man, dude, that was, that's a trip. That was, uh, that was, you mean like how much I had written? So to give you sort of a layout, um, I'd been writing for almost seven years before I broke in. And I broke in in like late 2000, early 2001, right? Um, and I'd been writing for almost seven years before then. And, and, and I write relentlessly, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have a number on how much I wrote, but I literally had dedicated my life to writing. I, I would quit jobs and get on unemployment. Um, I would borrow money from people or whatever to pay my rent, you know what I'm saying? So I could spend 12 to 14 hours a day writing. Um, I broke in, I got super hot for a couple of years, right? Then my career died. So our family wedding came around right after a, about a four and a half, nearly five year run of no work. Um, I mean, no work, lost my reps. And uh, uh, it was a friend, like a person who knew me from when I first broke in, brought, hired me that job, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, did that answer your question? Yeah, I mean, tell me a little more about your mindset, because most people look on IMDb and they see Empire and they see, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier, and it looks like you just, you know, shot off, but there's all that struggle there. What kind of kept you going? What, what kept your mental state to like, I'm going to do this until it works? It, it's funny because, you know, I joke about this. I did it on a podcast recently. I think it was my, with my boy, Brian. Um, in, in, I truly believe it was spite. And I know that sounds funny, but I remember the energy. I did not believe when my career fell apart, I truly believed it was never going to happen again. Like people say they, you know, I never gave up hope or whatever. I was, you know, I was packing a U-Haul truck to move back to the Bay area. You know what I'm saying? So I could go make some money. Um, um, when I probably around that family wedding gig or something like that, you know, I can't remember exactly how it went when I started to get traction again. So it was just, I remembered though, that all them years where I could not get back in and knowing that a lot of people were just not, would not go extend themselves to me. I remember it was spite. I was just like, fuck that. I'm going to keep writing scripts and make people look at my name coming across their desk and make them feel guilty about the fact that they won't answer my calls or hire me and nothing like that. It was spite. As far as I can tell, maybe shrink can tell you more, but, and I planned on doing that for the rest of my life. Like I was like, I'm a kid, as long as they're in the business, they're going to get scripts from me. What, um, did anything change about your style when, were you like mostly writing full screenplays features then and you kind of went to television or you always do a little bit of both? I, I always did a little, I was, I'd say this, I was 80% features for the first 15 years of my career. You know what I'm saying? And, but I always wrote from the first, like before I even broke in during that seven year period, I would write spec sample to TV shows. Also, that was a thing back then, you know, 25 yeah. years ago, that was a thing. Um, and uh, uh, I started, I mean, because I did, by the way, family wedding did not turn the lights on and I was suddenly rich. You know what I'm saying? I did. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it, it was still very much a struggle until empire. I was not able to mostly make my living 
in Hollywood. I had to make my living other ways. And um, um, I remember, in fact, the guy, someone who I did a podcast uh, uh, that same year, Brian Koppelman um, um, helped me get a pilot set up at uh, Fox. And I was able to start being considered for TV at that time. And, you know, I felt the energy shifting towards TV. And since I'd always dabbled in that space, I committed. I remember thinking to myself, I'm new features is never going to happen again. So just pushing all the chips for TV. What was kind of the, tell me about the, the progression between Empire to where you're, you're a staff writer to moving to like being the creator of this huge Marvel series. How did that kind of work its way out? It, I got super lucky at Empire because all the head creatives there embraced me. Um, 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 and that, you know, that, that, that's a special, special opportunity when the people with juice at the show put you in a good position you know what i'm saying so i got an accelerated in from um in working three years of tv i went from my first staff gig to co-executive producer on empire because they were putting me on set they were putting me in post they were letting me do a lot of writing you know what i'm saying um 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 it just it it, it just super accelerated they put me in a very good good position uh, i want to be careful because there's so many people we work with and one thing about this town is so i was cold pretty much up until empire and that shit was such a such a, a huge hit it all of a sudden changed my relationship with this industry like it's not like it was on after that but it gave me a life i'd never had before i was like oh i i basically realized that despite having broke in 20 years ago until I was Empire on Empire, I was actually never in this industry. What what I'm mean, so your your own empire, you're kind of learning, you know, the business side of things in addition to the writing, what's actually happening on set. When you actually became like the showrunner though, what kind of surprised you about that? Or, or were you just like so like, I've been in this so long, this is my chance, I'm gonna do it. Like, how do you kind of see those first days on set? It it's 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 funny because there were steps in between Empire and Marvel. There are other like there are failed shows that I was running that never made it to production. Mm -hmm. um, there was me working on uh, uh, my wife's show at a you know at a very at an executive uh, uh, level. So I'd had I gotta admit I'd had a good amount of training that so I didn't go directly from Empire to Marvel there were shows in between there. And right. that really, I think, um, so by the time I got there, I, 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 I'm not gonna say, I, 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 I feel like I had a pretty strong hand at that point, I think, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? I think I yeah. did. How do you maybe use some of those like lessons learned? Cause you know, if they're not, there's so many pilots that don't take off and so many shows and movies that don't quite make it, but you are getting this experience there. How do you kind of pitch that experience in those big meetings to make it sound as best possible to whoever you're pitching to, as opposed to like this thing didn't work? Like, how do you kind of phrase some of that and think about it? I, I, man, I, I'm in certain areas. I, in certain ways, I'm ruled by fe by fear and trauma from this what this business did to me. 
But in certain ways, Brock, I'm fearless in this. I don't feel any desire to position who I am strategically with anybody in a room. Like, I feel like my shit was forged in fire. And because I struggled so long, I had to, in my opinion, get really good. And, and, and I got to stew in my own, you know, my own identity as a writer. I wasn't being informed. So I don't, I don't do that. I don't go into a room and change my story up or make it sound like I am where I am. And in fact, I don't, if, if I'm in a, in an elevated position, like I'm producing a show right now, it's getting ready to go into production. I don't have no fucking fear about saying, I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm way past that. It's, you know what I'm saying? What they going to do to me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what, so tell me like, what was kind of the pitch like for this show? Like, what are you saying in the room that you just, you're, it's not like you're just owning the story in a way, but tell me kind of your perspective of that. Yeah, I focused on character. Um, I focused on Sam and Bucky and how passionate I was about those two characters journey and particularly Sam and that ambivalence about being confronted by the stars and stripes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, um, and of course I did have some story beats, but you know, anytime you pitch anything to anyone, what ends up getting made is gonna be a million miles different. So, you know what I'm saying? You're just giving them an idea. Like, I will say this, I focused on the character journeys and some version of the way this series ends with, with, with Sam, you know, talking to that Senator, some version of that was always existing. Like we, I, because I was clear on what made this compelling, um, um, I knew that Sam's final big cap moment in his progression to becoming cap would be showing the world that, that, that my true superpower is that I have a connection to anyone who's struggling and pretty much everyone feels like they're struggling. So, but the pitch, I'd say 80% of it was focused on those character journeys. Like, and you, you know, I just wanted to lean into what I was passionate about. Were you kind of like, are you pitching blind? Like assuming that you've read a ton of comics, you've probably seen the last decade of movies, but did they say, hey, we've got a few ideas for like the Marvel Universe phase four. Did they tell you any of that before you went in there? to come Yeah, up they, they, it's, it, it is, it is like they have like three, like they'll give you three completely different ideas to jump off from. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, this is what we're thinking. And then they give you a menu of characters because, you know, obviously you can't use anybody you want from the Marvel Universe because some of them characters are getting their own series or their own movies. So, you you know, they they make sure they won't tell you what else they have going on, but they'll tell you you can pick from this menu. And then from there, everything changes. It becomes a, a conversation with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if they had three, like, let's say they had a movie that's like, I'm gonna make this up. One version's like uh, 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 a road trip, and another version is a comedy. And the other version—I shouldn't even say this because people think this shit literally. <laughs> right. Please forget that. They had different uh, versions of yeah. stories, and that began a discussion with me 
and the Marvel creative team. And from there, you know, we came up with what we came up with. So yes, sorry, man. I didn't get no sleep last night. Okay. A long-winded way to say they start the conversation off and empower you to sort of take it and run with it. So tell me a little, I know you've talked about this a lot before, but um, Anthony Mackey's character is like deciding, you know, if a black man should take over this symbolic role. And, and it's interesting because like in real life, you know, a couple of years ago when everybody's saying, should, should Idris Elba play James Bond? It's like a, behind the, everybody's talking about it, you know, outside, but we're actually seeing this on screen, a character dealing with this dilemma. Tell me a little bit about that decision and, and some of those conferences or talks in the writer's room about how to play that out across the season. I mean, that sort of defined Sam's journey for us, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's why Isaiah ended up in the series, you know what I'm saying? Like he is the living embodiment of Sam's doubt. Mm -hmm. And, and we knew that, uh, that his ambivalence had to be intense and had to be rooted in truth because that makes him becoming Cap that much more significant. And, and uh, uh, yeah, it just was, uh, uh, it, 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 like I said, it defined everything. Um, um, oh, Brock, I'm normally so eloquent, dude. <laughs> um, it's okay. Tell me a little about, um... What was this like for you, assuming that, you know, Marvel's kind of got the big budget there? Like, after your whole life, this it's kind of been a struggle here to there, other than Empire. What was it like writing where budget, some of those things are less of a worry? You can really do whatever you want to, to a degree. Yeah, I got, I did, it's indescribable. Because what happens is they'll send, like, previs and, like, really raw runs at, at uh, set pieces and you're very aware, I will say this, the moment you walk into that building in that area, you're aware of the firepower. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how to tell you how to describe it other than you know you're not making a regular TV show. You, your imagination immediately is gonna expand from just the environment they create. Um, so there was definitely a creative freedom knowing that the people who make Marvel movies were going to make this, but even more intense is when they start to send you the samples of what they're going to do, like just the roughest stuff. And you're like, Oh shit, this is, <laughs> this is next level. And when you see that it inspires you creatively to even, you know, push it even more. We'll just do one more almost at a time. Um, if you were starting today or just to pass on any advice to like up and coming screenwriters, people that want to run their show, make a movie, whatever, what kind of advice might you give them? This is for outsiders breaking in. Yeah. More so. Yeah. Um, um, I would say this, uh, I'll say it on two levels. Creatively. I feel like a lot of the, uh, up writers I see trying to jump in are are almost too savvy because they have access to everything, right? Mm. Their scripts feel professional, but without uh, uh, sometimes without the person's identity embedded in them. And people need to know: don't do things that you think are going to. Uh, 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 win or attract someone's attention 
write and create in a way that's gonna make someone understand, holy shit, a singular person, a person's point of view really was coming through here because that'll go much more than a concept or well-structured script or something that feels like you know a professional made it. That having your identity be very much alive in the early writing and then as far as uh, 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 if you're talking about professionally, I think if you're moving up the food chain and you are starting, or let's say you just break in and you're being put in a showrunner position, you have to carry yourself like a peer with the people you're in the room with, not a writer. And that doesn't mean writers aren't peers. That's maybe the wrong word. You have to leave the writer behind hmm. and talk to and carry yourself like management is such a bad word, like an executive, like you're the, like, like a producer, you know what I'm saying? I don't, your energy has to be very different from writer energy. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.